The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. I'm so glad you're here today. I really enjoy having literally thousands of guests. You make me feel like it's it's just so great that I am able to reach you in a way that many years ago, there wouldn't have been such a thing as internet radio. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're going to be very excited to hear, once again, my guest, certified aromatherapist, Leah Harris. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. Well, you were such a great guest last time, and I have to say, I learned a ton. I just learned a ton. (laughs) And I would like to remind our guests that if you did not happen to hear Leah last time, it might serve you well to listen to that show before you listen to this one, only because it's really important, I think, that you understand a little bit about what an essential oil is, how it might or might not be administered. Uh, things like dilution, those things Leah talked about in quite a bit of detail last time. So I just want to bring you up to speed. I also want to remind you, as I did in the last show, that this show is for information purposes only. Leah is not here to diagnose, nor am I, your illnesses or to tell you what to do. We're here to give you information only. What you do with that information is up to you. We would, of course, always suggest that you be in touch with your own aromatherapist in order to get individualized instruction. But I know you're going to enjoy this show with Leah. She has so much good information on using essential oils safely. And today, we're going to hear her informed opinion on how, oh, upwards of 20 or so essential oils uh, are related to their uses and precautions for uh, how they should or could be used during lactation or the postpartum period. So if you're a mother or if you have a baby, and well, I guess if you're a mother, you probably do have a baby, um, then this is the show for you because today... I think you'll discover, first of all, Leah's list of no-nos, essential oils that you should not use if you're breastfeeding, and why. Plant names that are similar but different, and why that difference is so important to your decision on whether or not to use it. She'll also talk about some specific essential oils that are often touted for use in the postpartum, but... Those would be things like uh, too much milk, too little milk, sore nipples, yeast, all that kind of stuff. But 
Leah says that some of those things are fact and some of those things are myth. And so you'll learn all about that. And you'll also get some tips on how to separate the credible information from the inaccurate information about essential oils. I know that Leah's very passionate about this and she's very credible. So all I can say is sit down, relax, uh, don't, don't miss this. This is good. So, Leah, I'm going to start out with that business about things that are different, but they're, they're similar. I have stumbled over this several times now. I know, for instance, that on your website, I saw lavender. No, it's not safe during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Lavender, it is safe. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Leah, what is it? So, talk to, so tell us, what's the deal here? Is lavender safe or not? Yes and no. It all depends on the type of lavender that we're talking about. There are different types of lavender, although some companies might just market lavender. There's actually several different kinds. So the kind that is safe for everybody to use would be the Bulgarian or the French lavender, sometimes referred to as the common lavender. And that is going to be the most commonly sold essential oil as far as lavender goes. But there's a couple of other ones that are not really recommended for use during pregnancy and breastfeeding. And one of those is Spanish lavender. And you can tell the difference when you check the Latin name. The botanical or Latin name should be present on the bottle. And if not, you should be able to find that information on the website of the company who sells it. And what you want to look for is Lavandula officinalis or Lavandula angustifolia. And then you can determine, is it Bulgarian or French? But, you know, that doesn't really matter. The country of origin doesn't matter. They're both going to be safe. The Spanish lavender, however, is Lavandula stoches. And that is one that is not recommended during pregnancy or breastfeeding. And it's due to the camphor content. Oh, And it could be neurotoxic. So it's really important that you do know your lavenders. There is a distinction. Uh, neurotoxic being toxic to the brain. So the Bulgarian is okay, the French is okay, the Spanish is not okay. Correct. Okay. Then straighten me out with this, because the first time that I went to your website, I saw you talking about clary sage for breastfeeding. I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, sage is not good. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Help me with this. Well, you're right. Sage isn't good, but sage and clary sage are not the same thing. Again, if we check the Latin names, we can find out that they are not the same at all, even though they both contain sage in the name. And so clary sage is safe. It can encourage and support during labor. And I know there are some people out there who who think, oh my goodness, if it supports labor, then it's going to also cause a miscarriage. But that is a misconception. It is not true. You can just... Tell it to all the women who are 40 weeks, 41 weeks, 42 weeks, trying to get anything to get this labor started. And clary sage doesn't often work until the body's actually ready. It will not force the body into labor. Do you sniff it? What do you, what do, you do with it? Yes, inhalation can be very effective. Okay. 
All righty. Uh, truly, I thought about you last night because I knew that we were doing the show today, and uh, I have my lavender right out, and I'm now I got to go back and look and see. Oh, which one do I have? <laughs> <laughs> it's pro- it's probably the safe one. That is the most common one. You're probably all set. <laughs> well, and the good news is I'm a little too old to be pregnant or lactating. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so help me with fennel. Leah, this is making me nuts. I've gotten all these questions lately about fennel, fennel, fennel to increase milk supply. And I wrote a blog where I basically said, I think this is a bunch of bunk. But could you help us with, first of all, that fennel seed is not fennel uh, essential oil, right? Okay, so so keep going. Right, exactly. Now, Fennel essential oil does come from fennel seed, the herb, but they're not the same thing. You can definitely use fennel seed as a tea, you know, from the herb that you would purchase at a health food store. You can use that in a tea and you can use that while you're breastfeeding. That is totally fine. It may increase milk production and work for you, but the essential oil is different. The essential oil we talked about this in the first podcast that, you know, there's steam distillation involved and the processes involved and some of the constituents are separated from the plant and you can have a different product. So the safety for herbs and essential oils are not to be assumed that they're the same. In fact, fennel does have some concerns. It's actually potentially carcinogenic and it's also anticoagulant. And it's not recommended that anyone who is breastfeeding or pregnant or even for children, that they use it at all. So yes to the fennel tea from the herb and no to the essential oil. Good to know because I think some people kind of clump these all together. Leah, you have actually, I think, a a fairly substantial list of essential oils on your website that you have just plain said, Nix, no, do not use these (laughs) if you are breastfeeding. I'm not going to ask you to go into a lot of detail, but could you just sort of go through that, that list of things and then give us some general reasons why they are not good for the breastfeeding mother? Sure. Um, Some of the more common essential oils that breastfeeding moms may want to reach for that are not safe during pregnancy or breastfeeding would be basil, carrot seed, cinnamon bark. Cinnamon leaf is fine, but cinnamon bark is not to be used. Dill seed, fennel again, Spanish lavender, myrrh, oregano, wintergreen. Those are probably the more common essential oils that people could be familiar with. And because they sound like herbs and things that we use in our food, you know, to make salads or spaghetti or whatever we're doing, um, a lot of people assume that they're safe and they actually have some really strong concerns. So, Leah, would it come down to, again, we just talked about a product being carcinogenic, that is cancer-causing. We talked about something else that was neurotoxic, that is toxic to the brain. So I assume that the some of your no-nos would have those same concerns as well as maybe uh, toxicity to the kidneys or the liver, things like that? Yes, absolutely. Yep, okay. it could be just general toxicity, you know, and whether you're pregnant or not, some of these really shouldn't be used, but specific to pregnancy and breastfeeding, they could be toxic to the growing baby. They could cause malformations, etc. So we just really want to be careful um, during pregnancy and breastfeeding that there are some essential oils you want to stay away from. And when you say uh, 
particular harms to the baby in utero for the pregnant mother, you're thinking of things like craniofacial defects, that sort of thing? Yes. They've been, oh wow, they've been associated with that? That's pretty spooky. Okay. Not that they've necessarily been associated with that particular defect, but they can cause defects, malformations as the baby's growing, absolutely. You also mentioned the difference between cinnamon bark and cinnamon something else or other. Yes, cinnamon bark and cinnamon leaf. So again, they are actually going to have the same botanical name, but it depends on, you know, the plant part that is being used, whether or not it can be safe. So sometimes the Latin name doesn't tell us everything, but cinnamon bark is one that everyone really should be really careful to dilute well because it can be embryotoxic. So it's something if you are pregnant that you want to be very careful to avoid, but cinnamon leaf would be one that you could use. Okay. Uh, Leah, I hope I don't knock you off your game here. I didn't ask you about this and I didn't see it on the website, but could you, before we go to the break, could you briefly address allergies? I know, for instance, of a gal that has an allergy to eucalyptus. Are there other sorts of of, uh, EOs that people could be allergic to? Not necessarily. Um, If you are allergic to trees, however, like some people are allergic to, um, like they can't be around cypress and things like Uh, that. There's a possibility that you may be allergic to the essential oil, but it's not guaranteed. It really depends what part of the tree and why and constituents and all that complicated stuff. So it's not necessary. Not necessarily. Alrighty. Wow, this has been so incredibly interesting. For those of you who might just have joined us, I'm here today with Leah Harris, certified aromatherapist, and I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. When we come back, do not miss this, gals. We're going to talk about the use or not use of essential oils for things like sore, cracked nipples, yeast, thrush, milk supply, all sorts of things. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. 
patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. Buy N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where we clarify the facts and bust the myths every week. And this week, we have Leah Harris here to help us bust some interesting myths. Leah, talk to us. Honestly, sore nipples is like, I have been in this business for more than 30 years. And more than 20 years ago, I wrote a um, a short book on uh, sore nipples. And honestly, it still sells so well because we never can get rid of this problem of breastfeeding mothers having sore nipples. As uh, one of the things that I say is that there are very few remedies that actually really help. So, what about essential oils? Uh, do we have any essential oils that are actually even in the ballpark of being helpful? No, actually, that's not something that I would suggest using essential oils for. I think. Huh? I'm sure you wrote the book on it, so I'm sure you have a lot better ideas than I do. Not but really. I generally max, I generally recommend things like coconut oil just to kind of keep them from, you know, getting really dried out and cracked and stuff. But as far as essential oils, no, not really. Okay. Well, this upholds what I've been saying all this time then is prevention is the number one best thing. There yes. are certainly some things that we can talk about, but honestly, none of them are the magic bullet. Okay, so here's another one. I have seen people that have had the worst and most recurrent cases of yeast, that is thrush. Um, what do you what do you say? I do think that tea tree essential oil can be useful for this situation. Tea tree is antifungal, antibacterial, it's antimicrobial, so no matter if it's yeast, fungus, whatever it is, tea tree is going to be useful in this situation. I do recommend that if you use it, that you absolutely dilute it, as always, and it can be diluted in either an aloe vera gel or coconut oil or tamanu oil. And coconut oil and tamanu are both antibacterial. And I make the suggestion for aloe vera gel in case it's a situation where we do want this to breathe and we don't want to sort of smother an oil on top of it. Oh. I know some, especially fungal issues, right. they do need the air. They do need the air to help. So I would suggest a 1% dilution. And that would be one drop of tea tree essential oil combined with one teaspoon of either the aloe vera gel, the coconut oil, or the tamanu oil. Good to know. And then, uh, uh, Leah, should they wash it off before the baby gets on the breast? 
Yes, I do recommend washing it off first, yes. And how do you do that? Do you just sort of take some some water or I don't usually want women scraping on their skin too much, but just slosh it off with a little water? Or just take some more coconut oil that oh. doesn't have the tea tree in it and, and remove it that way. Yes. Yeah, okay, that would work. Uh, Leah, I don't even know if this is the right question. I'm going to get my ignorance right out there. But uh, I have heard and read about grapefruit seed extract. Is that an essential oil or not? It's not an essential oil, no. Okay, so... Yes, ladies, there is some research around that for the yeast or thrush, but no, Leah is not your resident expert for that. We'll have to find a resident expert for that, I guess. Okay, so uh, talk to us about increasing milk supply. Are there any essential oils that you could, in good conscience, recommend? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it, there really isn't. Um, nope, there really isn't. Uh, because I know we talked about fennel, tea, but not essential oil. So there's really, I don't believe there's much research either when it comes to pregnancy and breastfeeding. They're really not signing people up to test a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. So there's really not a lot of research to prove if essential oils really do help with increasing milk supply to begin with. Well, you raise a good point, which is, I don't know if this is entirely true, but pretty much Products that are out there have actually not been tested on breastfeeding or pregnant women. As a matter of fact, they deliberately kicked the breastfeeding and lactating women out of most studies for exactly that ethical reason. Exactly. Uh, I, I do want to just get my dibs in here, though, which is it seems to me that the reason that people ask about an essential oil or fenugreek or whatever it is they're asking, which is, of course, uh, uh, in an herbal tea, but uh, but here's the thing. People want some magic bullet in order to make more milk. And one of the things that I always try to remind people is, first of all, there is no magic bullet. And secondly, the number one thing that you need to do is get to the baby to breast more frequently and get the breast emptied well. Not that the breast ever is truly empty, but you know what I mean. So I, I guess that even if you use these products that are touted as being able to help your milk supply, nothing, nothing, nothing is going to substitute for really getting that that milk out and doing it frequently because lactation runs on a positive feedback mechanism. And if you know anything about positive feedback mechanisms, you know that basically the more that you do, the more that you have. So that's enlightening. So how about the other direction, Leah? Uh, decreasing milk supply. Now, I know that all those mothers who are out there trying to get more milk are asking themselves, why would anybody want to decrease? There are women who really, truly do have an oversupply, but also there are women, the ones that come to my mind, especially here, are the ones who, for one reason or another, have lost a baby. They are lactating. They do not want to be lactating. Uh, How do we decrease their milk supply? Are you aware of anything? Peppermint essential oil may decrease milk supply. That's not guaranteed, but it's usually a warning I throw out there for those who are breastfeeding and they want to use peppermint essential oil. I do suggest they use it with caution. Not every woman who's breastfeeding is going to find a reduction in milk supply if they use peppermint, but some will. So I definitely recommend staying away from topical use on the breast with peppermint. That's probably pretty intense. But as far as diffusing, you're probably going 
going to be fine, but just keep that as a note in the back of your mind if you want to use peppermint essential oil and you're finding that your milk supply has dwindled all of a sudden for no, re- for no reason at all. It could be the peppermint, but most women don't have that issue. I do want to warn that there is at least one case study on the books, and I admit I haven't read it in ages, but apparently the woman drank a lot of peppermint tea. Now, I'm not talking about a glass or two. I'm talking about she was really, you know, swinging it by the buckets full. Mm-hmm. And that did affect her milk supply. So I'm a big believer that this can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that listeners should know that Leah's not saying and I'm not saying that it will happen to you. But we're right. saying it can happen to some people. And if you're the one that happens that it happens to, you are not going to be a happy camper here. Right. Uh, So, Leah, would you say then that people are, if they're using the peppermint for a therapeutic reason, i.e. to uh, decrease their milk supply, then are you saying they're going to do it by inhalation? Is that the best? If they're intentionally trying to decrease milk supply, then I would probably recommend a topical application on the breast because that's going to be the most intense method right there is is not inhalation, but using topically. Leah, my next question then would be, if they're putting the peppermint on their skin, presumably they're diluting it with a carrier oil, and oh, by the way, should they avoid the nipple area? Yes, that would probably be a good idea because it definitely is more sensitive. Even though you are trying to decrease the milk supply, I would definitely recommend that because it's pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually what I tell people about any of this stuff. Uh, okay, so Leah, I read on the web, and I know that nowadays people go on the web, they think that everything that is in print or on the web is the truth. But I did not see this on your site, so I want to ask you about it. Apparently, somebody was recommending, I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, melaleuca and lavender and thieves oil for an episode of mastitis. Do you know anything about this? Is there any truth to this? Myth? Fact? Um, I would definitely go ahead with the melaleuca, which is more commonly referred to as tea tree. I think that can certainly be useful, but I would definitely not recommend thieves. Lavender may also be useful, but tea tree would be my number one recommendation for mastitis. Okay. And there again, would you be putting it with a carrier oil on your skin? Yes, if there's pus or infection involved, definitely applying topically is going to be the most useful. A lot of the time there is no pus involved. It is inflammation, certainly, and it's red and it's hot and it's sore and it's hard. So if you did not have the pus, then would you still think that the malaleuca, that is the tea tree oil, would be helpful in some cases? It could be. If there's an infection clearly involved, then yes, it could definitely absorb in the skin and be useful. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's one that I sure didn't know. Now, here's one that's not exactly, um, it's not exactly breastfeeding, but it definitely happens to women in the postpartum period. And that is hemorrhoids. What can you tell us about hemorrhoids? I don't recommend essential oils for hemorrhoids, but I do recommend witch hazel. Witch hazel can be very effective for hemorrhoids when used topically right on the skin, um, either via a spray bottle or a compress or even a cotton ball with some witch hazel on it. That can be useful. Okay. All righty. Well, 
there's an awful lot of people out there that have an awful lot of hemorrhoids. And honestly, when I was a young nurse, we always suggested, uh, in fact, you know, I think we even gave it out postpartum. Yikes, I can't quite remember. The witch hazel. And then all of a sudden, when we get sort of bigger, fancier names and more fancy products, that's what we tend to use. So it's very interesting to hear somebody like you say, no, actually, just try going for the witch hazel. That would very likely do the job because I I will tell you, I, I can't say I've ever used it, but I know many people who have and with good results. Hey, everybody, do not go away. When we come back, we're going to be talking about postpartum cramps, emotional issues, and more. Do not go away. Leah and I will be right back after this short break. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with expert certified aromatherapist Leah Harris. Hey, Leah, I let you get away with uh, talking about the 
the Maluka, the lavender, and the the thieves, but then we didn't follow up with the thieves oil. You said you would not use thieves oil for someone who was breastfeeding. Can you tell us why, and can you suggest some alternatives? Sure, absolutely. Um, most thieves blends contain cinnamon bark, which we already oh. mentioned earlier oh. is not yeah. one that's recommended during pregnancy. Okay. Um, clove essential oil is also typically included in those blends. And although it's okay to use during pregnancy, it has a very low topical max. We have to be really careful not to use it above 0.5%. And that is really difficult in a pre-made blend to sort of guess For one thing, we don't know the recipe they used. It could be 50% clove, in which case one drop per teaspoon is going to be all that we can use. So it's really hard to guess when it comes to pre-made blends to know topical dilutions for those. Um, Although it's safe during pregnancy, although eucalyptus and rosemary are fine during pregnancy and breastfeeding, they generally aren't recommended for use around children under the age of 10. So there's just a lot of safety involved with those type of blends. And I do absolutely have some suggestions that are safe for the whole family to use instead. Um, some of my suggestions for anti-germ or these type blends, number one would be tea tree. We wow. mentioned a few minutes ago that tea tree is antimicrobial. It hits germs from all sides as well as viruses. Um, a couple of other ones are lemon, lime, and tangerine, as well as orange, which is sim- very similar to tangerine anyways. And those can be really useful. Cinnamon leaf is one that is okay. There is a difference between cinnamon leaf and bark, but cinnamon leaf would be one that would be totally fine to use. And these essential oils can be diffused into the air to help if your family's sick, if you've been around people that were sick and you want to diffuse or use a small personal inhaler to inhale to sort of clear those germs, that can be useful as well. Um, I generally don't recommend using them topically unless you want to use in a hand sanitizer, and that can be useful that way, though. Yes. Oh, okay. All righty. Uh, I promised the listeners that we would talk about cramps. I'm dying to know what you're going to say is uh, suggested for relief of cramps. A really great blend that I recommend is a combination of clary sage, geranium, and orange. Mm. And you can use, if you have just orange and clary sage, that's fine. If all you have is clary sage, that's fine. If you even have lavender and you want to use that. But I do recommend using it topically. You can inhale it, and sometimes that can be very calming and that can help the cramps. But, you know, depending on what type of cramps you have and the intensity, applying topically is totally acceptable. I do recommend applying in about a 2% dilution. So that would be two drops of essential oils per teaspoon of carrier and applying it over the abdomen wherever that cramping is. And that has been definitely something that I recommend often for people with cramps and has been very useful for them. Even for postpartum cramps? Yes. Okay. Because honestly, the more babies that you have, the more cramping that you have, especially while breastfeeding. And, you know, these days we don't see as many of those women who are on their fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth baby. But boy, I can tell you, they really screech about it. And a lot of them do not want to take a analgesic like, uh, you know, ibuprofen or something. Uh, I want to back you up for a moment, too. Because somewhere today on the web, I read about cloves for a toothache, 
And so I was thinking, well, what about a baby who is teething? And, oh, did Leah talk about this last time or not? So refresh our memories and uh, maybe help us if we weren't here for last time. What's the story with cloves for a baby with teething? I do not recommend using clove essential oil on children under the age of two. So generally, babies tend to teethe before the age of two. So that is not something that I recommend. You can use chamomile hydrosol, which in a steam distillation process, you have the essential oil that's gathered. And then you have the hydrosol that's gathered as well. And that is very gentle compared to the essential oil. And that can be useful to use directly on the gums with no dilution. Um, You can, of course, you can use clove essential oil for adult tooth pain, but I don't recommend it for teething. I want to make sure I understood this, Leah. You said the chamomile hydrosol, which I assume is different than the chamomile. Yes. I mean, it it does come from the same chamomile plant, but when it's steam distilled, you have the oil-soluble constituents, which are the essential oils, and the water-soluble constituents, which are the hydrosols that are distilled from the plant. Now, you can absolutely go ahead and make a strong cup of chamomile tea, and use that for your child you know have them even drink some or rub on the gums there's definitely other methods you can use frozen peas and a ton of other things too but as far as essential oils I don't recommend using those for teething babies at all yeah okay good we wanted to get that uh, squared away for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, Leah talk to us about emotional issues and the use of essential oils. Seems to me that uh, we all have emotional issues, certainly, but a lot of postpartum women have a lot of emotional issues. Uh, what, What can you suggest? And conversely, what would you say stay away from? That's a great question. I don't think I would have any particularly that you would need to stay away from, but I think that same blend that I suggested for cramps could also be used for emotional issues. Specifically, the clary sage and geranium can be very useful for, you know, even just PMS, but yeah, postpartum um, certainly can be very good. And in this case, though, for emotional issues, I would suggest inhalation. When you inhale the essential oils, yes, they can go in your lungs as well, but they also go to the limbic center of your brain, and they're very effective for emotional issues. So whether it's diffusing, like in a a water-based diffuser or a personal inhaler, whichever way you want to do it, I would say inhalation would be the most effective way to do that. So let me understand then, the clary sage and geranium and possibly the orange would be used topically for cramps. But you could use that same combination for emotional issues, but through the inhaler. Yes. And you didn't mention the orange for the emotional issues. Would you throw that in there too? I would. And in fact, I would even go as far as to say if there are essential oils that bring you a lot of pleasure when you inhale them, which Uh actually might even be something like vanilla is really yummy or yes, that orange. And it just makes you feel calm and it makes you feel good. That can help you with emotional issues as well. Okay. All righty. And how long do you, like, I know we talked about this a little bit last time too, but get me clear here. How, how many sniffs do you need or can you just put it in your room or what? 
Yeah, you can diffuse for, say, 30 minutes. The okay. general recommendation for diffusing is about 30 to 60 minutes on and 30 to 60 minutes off. If you're using a personal inhaler, you're adding about 15 drops to a wick that's in a small container. And usually one deep inhale will do it. If you want to do two deep inhales, then that would be fine as well. And that's a more concentrated way of inhalation versus the diffusing, which is more subtle. Okay. What about sleep issues? There's a lot of great essential oils for sleep. And my favorite combination is a combination of cedarwood, sandalwood, vetiver, and a little splash of vanilla. Wait a minute. I want to go back to this. Cedarwood, then what? Sandalwood. Sandalwood. Okay, got that. Vetiver. I don't know that one. Vetiver. Vetiver. V-E-T-I-V-E-R. Okay. And then vanilla. Okay. And my favorite way to use this is in a linen spray. So I would add, to be more specific, I would add four drops of cedarwood and four drops of sandalwood and then two drops each of the vetiver and vanilla. And I would add that to an ounce of water or hydrosol. I really like using lavender hydrosol as a base for this. It really helps boost those therapeutic properties. And I would just give it a little bit of a shake first before spritzing on the bedding, specifically the pillow. And that can be very useful for helping with sleep issues. So you, I'm trying to imagine this to being like, I don't really know exactly what you mean, but I think you mean that you would put it in a bottle that would more or less resemble, uh, you know, I'm thinking like hairspray or something, and then you just spray it onto the linens. Yes, correct. It would be a spray bottle, yes. A spray and you bottle. can find those re- really yeah. inexpensively at Walmart. It doesn't have to be like the aerosol kind. It can be the finger trigger kind or or the little thumb pusher kind. Yeah. It, it yeah. really it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay, so Leah, if I'm too lazy to make my own, c- can you buy those like all all pre-done? Um, not this, of course, not the specific recipe. This is one I'm just giving out for everyone to use. There are some companies that do sell, I think it's Oracacia that has a few like pillow sprays and things like that, Mm -hmm. that are pre-done and, and those can be useful as well. And if you want to just use plain hydrosols, that is also fine. Again, I use lavender hydrosol as a base for this recipe, but there's also Ylang Ylang hydrosol oh, uh-huh. as well, and, and other ones, even sandalwood, that can be also useful. I don't know what a hydrosol is. So a hydrosol, they typically come in clear plastic containers, but through the distillation process, you have the essential oil and the hydrosol, which a lot of people or a lot of distillers would just discard because they didn't realize, not that they didn't always realize the therapeutic value, but consumer didn't realize the the therapeutic value that hydrosols have. But And they're not identical to, to essential oils as far as safety at all. They have less than 1% of actual essential oil in them, but they are very therapeutic waters. Mm. Well, I guess there's just never a day that goes by that I don't learn something. Holy mackerel. Uh, this is just incredibly fascinating. And again, I would like to remind all of our listeners that Leah and I are not telling that you, you that you should use these. We're not even necessarily telling you about the efficacy of these, although she has addressed that somewhat as in uh, the, the common indicators. But certainly it's up to you to do your reading, get your information, get your head together and work with 
your local aromatherapist in terms of what your individual needs and limitations are. Hey, everybody, don't go away. When we come back, I'm going to put Leah right on the spot and ask her, how do we find these credible sources of information? What do we need to know about companies and anything else? When We've also got a little surprise for you, like a little surprise for your wallet. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where we bust the myths and clarify the facts every week. I want to start with a big thing that I think might be a myth, but I don't really know. I know Leah will know. Uh, Leah, I've heard some companies tell me that there's no such a thing as shelf life for uh, essential oils. Is that true? What's the deal? Yeah, that's not true at all. I I think the companies that tend to say that are the ones charging a lot of money for their essential oils and they want you to think they last forever and it's it's okay to spend that much money. But no, definitely essential oils have a shelf life. Um, Just like anything else that's, you know, kind of living, things expire. And the more you open your essential oil bottles, the more oxygen is introduced and they do get oxidized. And the concern with oxidation is when you apply it 
topically on the skin, you can then get redness or even sensitization when you're using the essential oils, even if you're diluting them. So it does change the chemical composition of the essential oils when you open the bottles frequently, which does affect the shelf life. Wow. So it's not just that it loses its magic. The chemical chemical composition changes. It does. It does actually change. And so it doesn't have as good a therapeutic value as it would have if all of the constituents were in there. Now, with essential oils, there's different notes involved. There's top notes, which are the more lighter floral aromas, and there's base notes in the same essential oil. So when you are opening the bottle, the top notes are the ones that are going to hit your nose first, and those are the first ones to leave the bottle. And those tend to be the ones that are best for your skin. So over time, when those leave, you are at risk for when you use those topically of that redness or irritation on your skin because those protective elements are no longer in place. Quick, quick, does it matter if you inhale them or not? If you inhale them, then you don't have that risk for skin irritation, no. But it just may not be quite as therapeutic and it may not give you the best effect as you've been used to. Sure. Okay. So what about, this makes me crazy. You know, when I grew up, it, it took like, you had to be next door to some kind of genius in order to write a book or to get your information out there. Nowadays, anybody can post anything on the web. So when I tell people to get their information, what I really mean is get credible information. But I, in preparing for this show, I ran into some stuff that I was kind of shaking my head thinking, Oh, I don't know. That doesn't sound right to me, but I don't really know. So uh, how, when we go snooping on the web, how can we tell what is actually scientifically, correctly, accurately based and what's just a bunch of hoo-hoo? That is a really good question because like you said, you can find so many opinions out there, Um, but I would suggest looking at the author's qualifications. Mm -hmm. If you stumbled on a blog and you're reading this article, try to see if you can check their about page to see what they're about. You know, do they have a PhD or are they certified or are they just a rep of some company? You know, you really have to figure out what their background is. You know, maybe they're selling something. There's plenty of company reps out there that blog frequently all these different ways that you can use essential oils and they may or may not actually be safe. So please, yes, do your research. But when we say that, we all go, yeah, but but where? Like, how do we know that it's credible? Because we're researching and we're very confused. Well, certainly there was one. It was one of the top ones that came up and it said to uh, drink this or in some way ingest it. And I'm thinking, I don't really like this. And then another woman who pontificated about something or other, and I looked at her about page, and she basically just said, I'm really into this stuff. I'm really interested. I really like doing this. But I couldn't see that she had any degree, any certification, any anything. Right, yeah. If they're advising you to ingest essential oils, then you probably want to click off the page. That is definitely a huge red flag. Yeah, my antenna 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're recommending using topically, but they don't mention anything about diluting, that's another red flag because you always want to dilute essential oils. I think okay. we talked in the first podcast, there could be a, a couple of exceptions like a bee sting or something really urgent and critical. But for the most part, you want to dilute your essential oils when using topically. And inhalation can be a very effective way to use the essential oils. So yes, if they're if they're telling you something that you think Again, but you you may not know it's scary. You may not know that you can't use these internally. But those would be some red flags that I would present as, yeah, you probably want to get your information somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leah, just real, real quick, what was the name of that book that you suggested that I might like? Yes, the Complete Aromatherapy and Essential Oils Handbook for Everyday Wellness. I know that's a huge mouthful, but okay. that is the name of the book that I recommended to you earlier. Excellent. All right. And uh, I will be eager to see that. Uh, I want to make sure that our listeners all know that you cooked up us. Talk about having a recipe. You have a recipe for something really cool here. Talk to our listeners about a little special that you arranged for them just because they're listening to this show. What have you got for them? I have a coupon code for 25% off my book, my labels, and the app that I just released. Oh, nice. So if, if any of the listeners want to go to um, using eossafely.com, I do have different areas you can click on on that website where you can find my book, The Truth About Essential Oil Safety, the safe essential oil labels that you can wrap around any of your essential oil bottles so that you have a quick reference, as well as the the app that I just put out that gives you the top 30 profiles of essential oils as well as all of the safety and therapeutic value um, that they have. And that discount code is BORN25 and that will give you 25% off any of those items. I will repeat that. That's BORN, B-O-R-N, then no space or no dot or anything, just followed by the two numbers, two, five. Leah, repeat that website for us, please using eossafely.com. Excellent. And while you're there, listen up because Leah also has some free classes. And if you're interested in this stuff, I think it would be very hard to find anybody more credible and more enjoyable than Leah. Speaking of enjoyment, thank you, Leah. Thank you so much. I, I really had a blast doing it. Me too. It. It's been it's a lot been of really fun. fun. It really has. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, everyone who is out there listening to us. Uh, that's all the time that we have for today. But before we sign off, I'd like to thank Leah. I'd like to thank you. And I would like to invite you back next week where we will also bust some more myths and clarify some more facts. If you're interested in books or other media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out my Amazon store. Now, how do you do that? Well, just visit me at borntobebreastfed.com and you'll see it. That's borntobebreastfed.com. Check out my Facebook page. And, you know, while you're there, give me a little love, huh? Uh, I, I would love it if you could like me. Feel free to leave a question for me or for any of my guests, Leah or anybody else. And by the way, uh, the other thing is we also know that there are a lot of people who are mothers who want to turn professional in the breastfeeding world. If you're one of those, remember that uh, if you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. 
My courses and tons of resources and my blog, don't miss my blog, and much more are all at my professional website, and that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I will repeat that. It's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I also want to let you know that this month we are having the special of the year. So if you want to save some bucks, this is the month to do it. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding Next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.